0: Welcome to Synergize This, where we talk all things training, health, and fitness. I'm your host, Sin. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. You're tuning into episode number three. Great news. We have our new microphone that just came in from Amazon. So everything's gonna be sounding much more professional from now on. So Thank you for being patient with some of the audio production. The last episode did sound a bit more tea painy but here we are. I want to speak about mindset today, more so on resistance. Now, I don't mean resistance in terms of how much weight we lift, but I'm talking about the obstacles and hurdles that we're going to probably come across in our training inside the gym. But also outside of a gym when it comes to our nutrition and just our overall health which can be with work with our partner with our families with our uh, social environment we're gonna come across resistance in different shapes and sizes and it exists for all of us for some of us it comes a little bit sooner for some it comes later most of us deal with resistance very differently but another word for the resistance is a universal term and most of us know this term and it is the comfort zone so the comfort zone is where we feel safe and we have control over a situation many of us are fearful to leave the comfort zone because what happens once we leave the comfort zone we become crippled with anxiety and fear so then we come back into the comfort zone as humans we crave certainty we need assurance we need assurance that we can avoid pain that we can gain pleasure but there's a little bit of a paradox here Too much certainty and we won't fulfill our need for growth and new experiences, so we stay in the comfort zone. We never leave it and expand and grow, but also too much uncertainty can lead to anxiety and lack of productivity. Uncertainty and growth are are human needs. We wanna feel safe, we wanna feel comfortable, we wanna feel certain, but at the same time, being uncertain and growing are also human needs. So what does a comfort zone actually look like and all of us have encountered some kind of uncertainty by leaving the comfort zone in one way or another. Let's use the gym as an example. It's December, January is coming, you are a person that doesn't go to the gym. Getting a gym membership alone is stepping out of your comfort zone. Then getting that gym membership, then coming into the gym, that's also stepping out of the comfort zone actually going in and doing a workout is also another step out of your comfort zone all of these things are difficult the more fear that you feel the further out you're stepping out of your comfort zone the harder the resistance is that's trying to bring you back into the comfort zone now this is when people begin to drop off you maybe see someone rock up for a week gone two weeks gone three weeks gone Everyone has a different, let's say, resistance tolerance and some can tolerate it more, some can tolerate it less. What ends up happening is because of this resistance, you quit, you take up and muster the courage to do it again, you come back, and then how long is your streak? Is it the same, is it shorter, is it longer? And you get into this perpetual cycle of stop, start, stop, start what I've noticed with not just my clients, but also myself and my friends is you need to build a healthier relationship with the resistance. And I don't mean always stepping out of your comfort zone, going zero to hundred and seeing how long you keep your foot in the pedal for. Instead, we should actually see if we can build a healthier relationship with failing, with the resistance. It'd be amazing if all of us came into the gym with a clean slate or had the same opportunity outside of a gym, if they all had a clean slate. But there are so many factors that underpin the way we think and the way we behave and the lens in which we see the world. And we can use the BPS model or the biopsychosocial model to explain this, how we think, how we feel and how we're shaped by the environment around us. So... It's in three components. It's the biology of us, our makeup, our physical makeup. It is our psychology, the way we think. And it's also our social or cultural, our upbringing, our religion. This shapes the lens in which we view the world. So our past really does influence how we navigate through our processes and how we navigate through resistance, getting out of our comfort zone and through failure. Let's say for example, I've got three potential clients all are overweight. Let's say they are the exact same age, they're all 110 kilograms, but their past, if I was to compare to each other, are very different. You might have, let's call the first client, client number one, they might've had an amazing upbringing where they've had positive reinforcement and positive feedback. That client will have most likely more success in achieving their goals. And let's compare with client number two client number two might have had negative and positive feedback it was kind of touch and go it wasn't all positive and it wasn't all negative it was it was very mixed that person might find a little bit more struggle with uh, overcoming their failures and they might hit resistance much sooner and we have client number three who was raised maybe in a really religious household with a lot of limiting beliefs And a lot of negative talk and constraints in what they could achieve or what they wanted to do when they were older let's say for example if you had uh, if that client had really strict parents and the parents want them to be either a doctor or a lawyer but client number three as a child didn't want to do any of that so they were given uh, negative feedback loops on being a failure already for not subscribing or living up to their parents' potential. So as they've grown up, this has kind of stayed embedded into their minds. This person, when it comes to trying to go through the resistance, trying to hit their goals, have some success and have a better relationship with failure, is going to struggle much, much more. This is the type of person that you see constantly stopping, starting, stopping, starting because of the past that they've had. Without getting into too much detail about the three, these three overlap each other. And depending on the way these three are in your life and how they look, that is going to either be a handicap for you or it's going to be a benefit for you. It just depends. In saying that the past is the past, it does influence obviously the the future, the the current state of you right now and, and, your, and the way you perceive the world. But it doesn't mean it's too late. It doesn't mean that just because you've had a shitty past or a shitty upbringing, means you have to have a a shit future. Everything can change. The only thing is sometimes, unfortunately, it takes more work uh, for those people than it does for others. But there's always time to make a difference and make a change in your life. I moved to Australia when I was four during the civil war in Yugoslavia uh, with semi-strictish parents with a religious household. And while I was learning English, I was also learning my, my native language and as a lot of europeans have done when they've moved to australia they've kind of stuck in their own little communities and their own little circles and what ends up happening with their children or the next generation is they end up being a little bit lost and i was yeah i was probably a little bit lost for quite a while probably till i was like 16 17. Uh, i used to go to church every week I used to be really heavily involved in the community, but only when I started getting a little bit older, I became a bit more self-aware. And I think self-awareness was the main thing in me taking more control of my life and not letting the past dictate my future, not letting uh, the past give me a victim mentality. And with most of my clients, I speak about how self-awareness is key in being able to see who you are right now for who you are and seeing the past that it is what it is. You can't change the past, you can't change your family, you can't change your upbringing, where you were born, what language you speak, how you look like, can't change any of that. But you can change how you react to all of that and what you do today moving forward. I see self-awareness as this huge shift where you spent your whole life sitting in the passenger seat to then jumping in the driver's seat and taking control of the wheel. That's the way I see self-awareness. Once you go from being in the passenger seat to the driver's seat and holding the wheel, you are in charge of your life, regardless of your upbringing, your religion, your culture, and even the way you see yourself, that can all change once you have control of the wheel. Your life is no longer dictated by the expectations of your family, your friends. You are in the driver's seat you are taking control, you are doing what you think is best for you and you are living the life that you want to live. Now, building this, once we have this self-awareness, we can build this different type of relationship with failing. So this is a big process in first being self-aware and understanding that you are not your past and you're also not your thoughts sometimes because your thoughts are also created and dictated by your previous experiences in your life you might have done something uh, as a kid where you thought it was the right thing and someone else told you it wasn't and now you have this limiting belief that is always saying that you can't do this or you can't complete a certain task or you shouldn't try this or that you're not good enough and that's a that's a very common occurrence that i hear with uh, some of my clients that are struggling in the gym and it's just getting them to rewire the way that they think about themselves because it's it's very easy to, to, to shit on yourself and be mean to yourself. It's very hard to rewire that and begin to talk to yourself in a nicer way. You wouldn't talk to your friend the way you talk to yourself. So why do you talk to yourself that way? We have to be more aware and self-aware that the, the seeds that we plant in our head will grow. If they're negative, they're going to grow negative. If they're positive, they're going to grow positive. But it's also being self-aware and actually working on that. So building this relationship with failure, we have to have that mind shift that without failure, there is no success. If we just constantly fail and we stop there, we'll never succeed. We'll never grow. And there's a way that we can break down all of these things in a process. It can also be like a six-step process. First thing we need to do is we need to find our baseline. Where are we at? Where is... Our comfort zone, where is the edge of our comfort zone? You can also like kind of dip your toes in the water and be like, oh fuck, there's a comfort zone, it's getting really uncomfortable right now. That is your baseline. Where you're peaking almost over the edge is where you're stepping out of that comfort zone. Second step is mastering your emotions. Your emotions, once you feel fear of getting out of the comfort zone, You need to understand that's completely normal. It's completely normal to feel anxious and scared and have this fear. Understand that that is normal in the process of you stepping out of your comfort zone and that is normal for growth. Speaking of growth, step number three is developing a growth mindset. Now, I used to teach this in school to kids where you have a fixed mindset, the I can't do this, I'll never be able to do this, I can't perform this. I can't do a push up. I can't lose weight. I can't become a doctor. That's all a fixed mindset. A growth mindset is you just tweak that. Let's say, for example, you want to squat 100 kilograms instead of saying, I can't squat 100 kilograms. I'll never be able to squat 100 kilograms. You just say, I can't squat 100 kilograms yet. That yet just tells your brain. It keeps that door open and it's telling your brain that right now i can't do it but i'm going to work towards doing it and eventually i will do it step number four is start small instead of having these huge goals where you want to lose 20 kilograms in a month you want to go six days a week to the gym you want to go balls to the wall and you miss a a day in the week you only lose five kilos in the month and you say, fuck this, and you pack up your bags, shut up shop, you've just gone too big. Start small, celebrate the little wins, and then go from there. Build up small and let that accumulate. Step number five is find like-minded people. Um, This is pretty funny. One of uh, my friends had this one quote, I'd rather eat steaks with snakes than bums with crumbs. That kind of relates to this. It's who you hang out with It determines your your environment. you probably heard of the, um, you are the sum of the five people you hang around with. If you hang around with dickheads, let's say five of them, guess what? You're going to be the sixth dickhead. If you hang around with five really smart people, more or less, you're going to be the sixth smart person. If you hang around with five rich people, you, you get it. You know what I'm trying to say hang around like-minded people, You hang around lazy people that are constantly complaining and playing the victim, they're energy vampires, they're just parasites. They're going to drag you down. So sometimes you got to get rid of that circle that you have just to get out of the circle that you're in. And number six is accept failure, find the lesson, learn from the lesson and move forward. Because guess what? You're going to go through this again. This whole process will repeat and repeat and repeat. The resistance is going to keep coming back at you. It doesn't just stop after you step out of the comfort zone once. The comfort zone changes. It looks different. Then the resistance comes again. You must go through these steps again. Accept the failure, find the lesson, and it looks different again. This is all part of the process. Failing is part of the process. And enjoy the process. I've gone from... Hating, failing, being embarrassed by failing to I have a love relationship with failing. I love to fail because when I fail, I know there's a lesson there. I will learn from that lesson and I'll move forward. If you have a negative relationship with failure, as soon as you hit the wall, you're gonna retreat back in the hole. We all go through resistance, but don't let resistance dictate your life. I'm gonna leave you with the quote by Seneca. Often a very old man has no other proof of his long life than his age. So don't be left at the end of your life with nothing to show for other than the fear of failure. So if someone's placing limited beliefs on you, tell them to get fucked. That's it for the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time. Bye.